1: Hello and welcome back to the Parts Unknown podcast. With me, Ben Green, John Ash down over there, and the man who makes it all happen in a much better way, John Ross Swarby. Hello, Swaby. Swaby.
2: Swaby, we're still feuding over that. Yeah, but you are the king of t-shirt style king today. King Tell us what you're wearing. I'm wearing my Nakamura Strong style t-shirt. Yeah, one what? of the one of the few t-shirts. If you've ever seen this on like the WWE shop or whatever, it's one of the few t-shirts you can actually get away with wearing that doesn't make you look like you're wearing a wrestling t-shirt. <laughs>
1: That definitely looks good, uh, John Ashdown. What are you wearing? <laughs> Just my usual civvies, nothing,
3: yeah. uh, nothing special.
1: Yeah, you're late for today's recording.
3: I apolog- for which I apologize. I was I was watching Payback, which probably made me late.
1: Which is handy because yeah. that's what we're going to talk about. Um, I should say I'm a, I'm a bit throaty today, so I may be more uh, kind of Andre the Giant late era style. Um, coming in occasionally, but mostly just reclining against the ropes, <laughs> uh, while you two uh, take up the Haku and Dino Bravo positions and do all the heavy lifting. Who would our opponents be in that situation?
3: Well, Demolition famously took the belts off the Colossal Connection. Then Was it WrestleMania six that happened? I think it was, yeah, I think it was. Oh.
1: So we are talking about payback. The big payback, as James Brown once famously sang, um, the first pay-per-view post-WrestleMania, which is traditionally the absolute nadir of uh, WWE creativity. It's generally a terrible time. Nothing really picks up till about June. But I have to say that I enjoyed this, bar the obvious, which we'll talk about, the House of Horrors, which I think everyone thought was absolutely abysmal and everyone should be thoroughly, thoroughly ashamed of themselves. So we'll, we'll come on to that later. But, you know, I thought this was... Was, it was short, it was sweet, there were some good matches. I really liked the opening video package. I really liked the absence of David Otunga. I <laughs> didn't first, like Booker T. My first <laughs> note was, <is>, no Tunga. No Tunga. <laughs> Do you know why he's not there? No, they just said it was a couple of weeks. He's making a movie. A film. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 and speaking of which, did you see the trailer for the oh, Shawn Michaels we, it was movie? Trailer
3: after, there was two trailers. Did you see there was two? There was one for the Michaels movie, one for the Cena movie.
1: Oh, I didn't see the Cena one. He gets I...
3: shot in a desert or something, and he's lying face down with dust on his face, said the gun is an extension of me, and that sort of thing.
1: Okay, so the Shawn Michaels movie looks... It, it, well, it started off like it, it was going to be this is the, like uh, a rom-com. the but resurrection then, of Gavin Stone. Yes, but I don't think there's going to be any rom or com in it. I think it just <laughs> looks Jesus-tastic. It does look quite jesus yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't speak at all in the uh, in the trailer. He, he just, just
3: like looks. He's in the background and looks over sheepy. somebody's shoulder at some at one point. Yeah. I think he plays. An, the cover of the sort of video looked like it said the X can't underneath. Okay, Shawn Michaels, so. but not the ex wrestler. No,
1: because <laughs> no. uh, and I'm surprised to see that he's uh, being billed as Shawn Michaels and not Michael Higginbottom, which is his real name. Well, yeah, Higginbottom is not a superstar. It's name. not
3: very Hollywood, no. is it? No, we digress. I quite enjoyed Booker T's kind of, it was almost Dusty Ask at times, like it was kind of quite, I, a lot of my notes are things that Booker T said that were funny, so um, I quite enjoyed him being there. And yeah, given that it was, um, you sort of think they sort of hit the reset button a little bit post Mania, but you know, they, they hadn't really, because we had like quite a few rematches from Mania and one from, the, from Fastlane, which was before Mania, um, but given that, I thought it was an okay show.
1: Well, let's, uh, let's start at the beginning. It's a good place to start. Uh, Jericho versus Kevin Owens kicks things off. Jericho comes out with his sparkly scarf. And then there's uh, Kevin Owens, who's, who's gone to SmackDown now. He's repackaged himself ever so slightly. He's shaved his hair a bit. He's trimmed his beard. Which is it's a little bit unfortunate. Now. Yeah,
3: well, he's got the, the Titan Tron behind him. It's where face, he's the, of the face of America. The face of America, where he's got a completely different hairstyle to what he has now.
1: Yeah, they haven't quite <laughs> caught up with that. And I, I, I made a note here, this is my first note, that he's... He seems to suffer from something that I suffer from, which is when I shave. Um, I look about 15, 20 years younger. I don't know if uh, that's the, the case with both of you. How old are you, John Ross? I'm 29. 29. And without the beard? About 10.
2: <laughs> yeah. John Ashdown?
1: Well,
3: I'm 36, so I suppose I, I, there is no way I would look 21, no matter how much I shaved. Well, you're northern. Face and otherwise.
1: <laughs> yeah, I am I reckon without the beard, I I, I definitely look sub-30. And there was an odd stipulation in this match, in that the uh, the winner leaves town, basically, or the the winner goes to SmackDown. Now, Kevin Owens is already on SmackDown. Um, Jericho is leaving, we think, to go on his world tour again. So everyone's expecting Kevin Owens to win, and yet hmm. they swerve us.
2: Are we are we revealing the fin- are we revealing the finish yet? Am I allowed to talk about this in the in the past tense? Yeah, a we Jer- can. No, no, yeah. That, oh, Jericho I one. think we can yeah. assume that everyone
1: <laughs> everyone um, who is going to listen to this show, and there are not many of you. B- both of them. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that includes my brother. Um, well, he, he won't be watching the wrestling. He's just interested to hear me because oh, nice. he's a very caring you big brother. Could, you could always just pick uh, up the phone. But I would say, apart from my brother, everyone who's listening to this will be watching the wrestling, so we're not spoiling anything. So, yes, Chris so- Jericho won.
2: Yeah, Jericho wins. So apparently Jericho's on SmackDown, but um, Kevin Owens has gone nowhere. He's on SmackDown as well.
1: By the time people listen to this, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, um, Tuesday evening, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Kevin Owens re-wins the title on SmackDown because I've seen on the UK tour, which is coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, it says the US title is being defended and it says Kevin Owens. Now they might just have written that before the match and... and uh, Jericho surprised everyone, but you know.
2: But um, as you mentioned, you know Jericho is supposedly going on tour with Fozzy this year, so we we're all kind of expecting him to sort of leave the E for a bit.
1: Yeah. So. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the match itself. Did, uh, did what did you think? Did we enjoy it?
2: Yeah, I thought it was thought it was good. Um...
3: You know, it's obviously something we've seen before. These guys have been feuding for or have been working together for quite a while now. There was a fantastic pop-up powerbomb spot mm-hmm. sort of into a Frankensteiner which went into the uh, walls, uh, which I thought was really good. And I, I quite like the finish. I quite, well, quite like quite Corey Graves' core, which was uh, Jericho might have crippled the new fingers of America. <laughs> um, and then he couldn't extend that hand in order to reach the rope and so tapped. One thing that I noticed is that while he was tapping, he was fully extending his fingers in order to tap, which kind of uh, was a bit of a, a bit of a giveaway, but i quite enjoy, I quite enjoyed it yeah, I, I, like it.
1: Re- yeah, I really like the callbacks to the to the finger on the rope spot at mm-hmm. Wrestlemania, which was one of my favorite things about WrestleMania.
2: and also if you notice the finger on the rope spot symbolically, that was also a callback to the festival of friendship with the whole painting, the making of Kevin Owens and the finger of all that so.
1: Yeah. Ah, okay. What did we think of Chris Jericho's physique in this match, John? You're you're an Adonis. <laughs> you're a Lex Luger.
3: So, I thought he looked pretty good. Though, you know. For his I age. thought he
1: was much slower than he has been really? during this run. I thought this was very much the end of the end of his run,
2: and he looked. I thought he, yeah, he looked a little bit like he's put on a couple. He of looked like Fat well. Jericho, again. like like when yeah, like when he returned in 2015, I think it was. Yeah. So yeah, again, another signal that he may not be around for too much longer. There were some amazing kicks, lots
1: of chops. Um, it, I mean, Jericho is mostly just a chop merchant now, with with the occasional lion salt. So yeah, um, Jericho is the fiery baby face, and he wins, which uh, didn't expect at all. I thought that started the pay per view off in a very, very
2: exciting way. I didn't expect it, but at the same time, he he kind of needed a win in this feud, so to speak. So if so, if they if they do have it that um, Owens wins the title back straight away, then at least Jericho's got that, and it kind of makes. You know, after all this build-up, it kind of makes the the feud a little bit more balanced, if you get what I mean. So, yeah, it was the right call, I think.
1: Okay, on to match two then, and it's Neville versus uh, Austin Aries for the Cruiserweight title. Now, many people say that this was the best match of WrestleMania. It was on the pre-show. John, you you saw that.
3: This is the second WrestleMania rematch of the night as well. Well, that's That's why it's called payback,
1: because they are paying back. (laughs) <laughs> they're uh, giving back. They're, they're settling scores, or, or at least continuing feuds as ad infinitum, as they as they tend to do. Yeah,
3: I didn't think this was quite as good as the the mania match, but I still in, I still enjoyed it. I think they're both really good workers, um, and I actually like the finish. I mean, it's the sort of thing that people don't like because it was a, a DQ finish, um, but that worked for me. That meant that you know we we get a feud that can c- continue, and you know uh, Ares had the win. Um, Neville cheated to. Uh, to hold on to the title and we
2: go on and it kind of, it kind of works I, for I me. Comp- I completely agree because I mean, a- Aries needed, Aries needed the win in this feud because he can't keep on losing every match. Otherwise, what's the point of continuing the feud? Um, it sort of solidifies Neville as this heel who you want to see finally lose the belt. But at the same time, I'm really loving him as champion. So I, I want that to go on and on and on really.
1: Yeah. It was a proper classic old school heel manoeuvre of grabbing the ref. Um, whilst he's in, uh, in a submission move and, Pulling the ref with his one free hand yeah. and and having to be DQ'd because of it keeps a belt because of the champion's advantage, yeah, yeah, both of them
3: stay strong as
1: characters, thought it was
3: very good it was a nice it was it was something that you kind of you don't really expect to see it so much anymore because they don't do that kind of DQ finish because they're so scared of it being kind of um, you know put, pissing the crowd off basically. Um, but when they just do it occasionally, it really it works. It works pretty well. Yeah. What well, did annoy me? That they both wore the same ring attire, so they looked like they could be in a tag team.
1: I thought that as well. And Neville looks good in black. Austin Aries could do with something a bit more to to enhance his character. What's he hasn't been point? there. Yeah. Hasn't been there as
3: well. <laughs> Booker T did say at the end of the match, uh, this kid's got a great future about Austin Aries, who is 39. 45, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, then follows a very nice Nakamura package. He's the, he's the face of Backlash. Though, by all accounts, they're doing everything they can to make him not as cool as he was in NXT or Japan, uh, with all their promos that they're doing in,
2: uh,
1: uh, on SmackDown at the moment. John Ross I mean, much to get uh you can you
2: confirm this I, I I can I mean I think it is it is quite symptomatic a lot of a lot of the guys who it really worked for them in NXT. I mean, it's a, it's a different crowd. You're trying to get Nakamura over with a mainstream crowd, and I think what they're doing is that they're they're trying to say to guys who, or not guys and girls and children and everyone who's uh, <laughs> who's never <laughs> who's uh, who's never heard of Nakamura. Okay, this guy is a big deal. And I think for 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 fans like us, I think that's why it irks us a bit.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, we then moved on to a tag match between the Hardys and Cesaro. Um no, I I liked it. I thought it was a good match. Um we saw we saw saw Cesaro turn heel by um attacking the Harleys after the match. Interestingly, it was Cesaro of the two who kind of first did the whole heel turn and and Sheamus followed cuz you'd expect it to be the other way cuz we haven't seen a heel Cesaro since what 2013 or so oh, something at, like that. At
1: least, yeah. I mean, yeah. we've seen pretty much every other iteration of, yeah, of Cesaro just being mainly boring yeah.
2: I mean I, 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 he is a fantastic wrestler he's so good absolutely yeah. um uh, the the only thing there is he I mean I prefer heels in general I'm not totally confident how this is going to pan out I'm not sure I enjoy Cesaro as a heel Sheamus, absolutely um and I kind of liked the whole sort of you know one to heel one to face dynamic that they had at the beginning of um their sort of tag team Run, I suppose, to speak That's when they just first got put together. Um, but no, I mean, we'll see how it we'll see how it goes with the Hardys as faces. I suppose it was kind of needed, and the tag division on Raw is a little bit light at the moment, so maybe they need to build they need to build the division around this feud. So yeah, it makes sense. Jeff Hardy lost a tooth as well.
1: That was uh, that was very exciting. They've they've got a video up on uh, WWE.com showing him toothless and being examined by the medical professionals and this is not at a local medical facility this is a proper <laughs> wwe doctor yeah he's probably lost a
2: tooth um do we know when it happened i thought it was when um seamus he like he just kicks okay right in the mouth and you see the tooth fly out oh well then so um, i think the leg drop might have come after okay that. so
1: that yeah so that that's right uh, th- that was just when they were talking about it on commentary right. um when Tazara went massively behind the air. but it, yes, you're right. That would make a lot more sense. That Do being th- kicked in the face would make you lose a tooth rather than someone landing on your. Do you think
2: you go see uh, Dr. Isaac Yankum or DDS? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he's he busy running for uh, for political <laughs> office now.
1: So I don't know. His his, his uh, schedule's pretty pretty full. Uh, what did you think generally of the Hardys? I mean, I just in terms of the look of them, I thought Matt Matthew, as I've written here, he was wearing awful green trousers, and Jeff is. Still He's always worn these trousers that were probably cool in about ninety five. When you look at um, the, the trousers that Bray Wyatt wears, they're just a lot more contemporary and a lot cooler. And yet, uh, this dude Jeffrey Hardy, with uh, all of his tattoos and his hair dye and his piercings and stuff, he's had these lame trousers for a really long time.
2: It doesn't. It doesn't really help the you know the sort of. The fact that they they don't want to be seen as as just a nostalgia act, do they? So it doesn't really help that fact if he's st- fact if he's still wearing the attire he wore back in two thousand or or whatever. Unlike Matt, who's still wearing his uh you know broken Matt sort of attire, and there are rumours that WWE finally bought out that gimmick, so.
1: Well, well, yeah. Maybe, I mean, he definitely he did. He did a lot of delete deletes mm. before he did things, which was uh, which was quite exciting. Um, the Hardys, one of the pioneers of tag team wrestling in the WWE, they said on, on commentary, and I think you'll find that they were not pioneers, but they may have been innovators. <laughs> that's probably very true. Yeah, because you're lot demolition and the Powers of Pain. Do I mean, I the think powers even of pain? they
3: weren't really pioneers, were they? I mean, but even before that, the Killer yes. the Killer Bees and the British Bulldogs.
1: Yes, the Hart Foundation. Hercules and Paul
3: <laughs> what Power and Glory <laughs> Power and Glory <laughs> Akeem and Big Boss Man uh, The Twin Towers The Rougeau Brothers Yeah, <laughs> anyway. Just name 90s tag teams One thing I did note from that match Was that <clears throat> in the interview beforehand uh, Well it wasn't beforehand It was some sort of interview from Raw uh, They were talking to Sheamus and uh, Cesaro. Cesaro backstage And Sheamus had a little flat cap on And then when he came out to the ring Obviously his hair is like three feet tall And I did wonder what did his hair look like Under that little flat cap
1: Well John I might be able to tell you, because I'm finding out later this afternoon whether I am interviewing um, Mr. Seamus in person or over the phone. And if it's in person, I'll definitely say, what do you keep under your hat? (laughs) In the same way that I'll ask, what do you keep under your kilt? I like their kilts that they wore to the ring, by the way. Yeah, I I thought they were cool. Nice look. Um, Any questions you'd like me to ask Seamus? Apart from his his hair? (laughs) Uh, No, that's
3: it. Just about his hair. Don't ask any wrestling-related questions. Just ask about his hair. I
1: will be asking him about Brexit. <laughs> final final word, I think, on Seamus and Cesaro. It's pretty much exactly a year since they started their... Remember, they had their Best of Seven series, which mm. no one cared about, uh, which then turned into them being sort of mortal enemies that were thrust together in a tag team. And I think uh, I think they've actually done very, very well. They, they, when they came into the ring for this one, uh, when they were throwing hands at each other and smiling, they definitely looked like they were good pals. It was very cute,
2: wasn't it? It was very really that whole bromance thing. The, yeah, there was yeah. a
1: lot of bromance. And I have heard quite a few interviews with them before WrestleMania where they just seemed to be, like, good pals. And, you know, they're both sort of stuck in this netherworld of... You know, they're they're never gonna be the top top performers. With Cesaro that should probably hurt him more. You no, know, Seamus has been has been to the top of the mountain a few times. They were talking yeah, about his you could, resume. You could
3: see him getting manoeuvred back up there at some point. Yeah,
1: but you know, if, if ability were what made you um, the champ, then Cesaro should be Absolutely. certainly holding the but belt you know, for this, a long time.
2: That, that said, I feel like this tag team, at least for me, has done a lot for Sheamus because I, I really wasn't a fan of Sheamus before, before this whole Cesaro thing. And I, I kind of see him in a new light now. I didn't expect the whole best of seven, uh, pitting the enemies against each other thing to work. But I I definitely want to see them together for for a while longer still. Even as as unfair as it is maybe to Cesaro, who should be getting that singles push. But there you go.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, Let's take a break at this point. We'll be back in just a minute.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot.
1: John Ross, you've got a pink highlighter um, across some of your notes. You've mm. got two pages of notes. I've got
2: no. I've got um, oh my like god, seven or something. By God,
1: he's got seven pages of notes. No. Do you have any pink highlights uh, for Bailey versus Alexa Bliss?
2: Um, I do. If I can find, there we go. If I can find the page. Um, no, oh, I thought it was. I thought it was a good match. Um, I'm. You know the the right person won yet again. There's a lot of good results actually. This pay per view, I thought. Alexa's the Raw Women's Champion now. The first, the first person to do that on both Raw and SmackDown. And um, yeah, I'm really enjoying her as the. I don't know. Is it fair to say she's the new top female heel now, or is or is Charlotte still got that spot? I think
1: Charlotte sort of exists on a on a different plane by yeah. herself. But yeah, Alexa's probably sort of number two. Mm. Um, in the, you know, I think she's she's. I prefer her to, to Sasha. I think that Sasha Banks is, a, is an excellent performer, but she does botch an awful lot, and I do think that she's really dangerous. I mean, mostly for herself. She she takes some horrible-looking bumps, and she's uh, often injured as a result of those things. Her mic works terrible. I think Alexa Bliss is very cute and very good.
2: And just, just um, speaking of, of Sasha for a moment, I just feel like creatively as well she's kind of middling at the moment because it's kind of like we don't know whether she's whether she's going to turn here whether she stays as face she's kind of just being bailey's buddy at the moment she's not really doing much else and it's not it's not like it's not doing anything good for her character really yeah i think it's good to see
1: bailey sort of now without the title and she can just, they can work on her character a uh, bit it's more
3: in, it's interesting that they do that though that they you know she re- retained it at wrestlemania in a big sort of WrestleMania moment. And then the first pay-per-view afterwards, she gets jobbed out in her hometown. It's just kind of very modern WWE, isn't it? Oh, then? they
1: love to make people lose in their yeah, hometown. Yeah, it's kind of just a thing that they like this, to do. They've done this for all this past year, mm. yeah. Um, and, and, you know, particularly with the women, I think. Um, I'm yeah,
3: not- but it's good. it's good. I think Alexa Bliss is an excellent... Uh, or an, an improving
2: hand, and yeah. uh, and one
1: of the few Jewish uh, competitors really on the on Jewish. the WWE roster at the moment. So
2: yeah. Mazel tov. I so. also I like the fact that she finished the match with a DDT. Like I I I you know the DDT. Like uh, well they don't do pole drivers anymore, but DDT is one of those moves that if you think about it in a sort of shoot sort of way, that that could kill a man or woman. But yeah, it's been reduced in recent years since the days of Jake Snake or whatever to just a sort of normal move. So I, I love that we finally had a match that, that finished in that way again.
1: It's House of Horrors time. Do we want to talk about this now or do we oh, want to save wait. this to its own special section at the end?
3: We should talk about this. Talk about it now and then we can come back. We should just go through the pay-per-view, shouldn't we? Just well, like, follow yes, that yeah. So,
1: yeah, So at this point, the pay-per-view is building really nicely. There have been some nice nice matches. That, that,
3: sorry, just before, between those, after the women's match and before the House of Horrors, we had something that was even more horrific, which is an advert for John Cena's next motion picture, which is called The Wall. Presumably, it's not um,
1: not the Donald Trump wall,
3: not the WCW w character from the late nineties who uh, used to come in, in alongside Alex Wright. So then, well, it is the Donald oh, Trump because
1: wall. <laughs> that because
3: Alex Wright was the, was the German. Alex was German, and um, he was called yeah he was called first he was called the Wall, and then he became known as Berlin. <laughs> it was that bad. <laughs> he was a terrible terrible wrestler.
1: Was he any relation to the pop star of the uh, I don't know actually <laughs> of the late eighties, yeah. early nineties Berlin? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, it was spelled
3: differently. It's spelled with a Y. Well of course. Anyway, we have Randy Orton in the back of a car with his top off.
1: <laughs> in the back of the <laughs> Everything <lim-up>. about <laughs> this was so terrible. Um I'm well, well, I thought I thought Randy looked great in trousers. <laughs> he's a very long individual. He is, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh he's got great physique, good good tattoos and all that. But he I thought he looked I I was pleased to see that. You know, uh, in what essentially was a street fight, he was wearing street fight rules clothing, mm, where true. he was wearing jeans and, and boots. Um, so I quite like to see him wear wear jeans now on. It makes him much more badass. But but yeah, how odd that he should be traveling <laughs> in a limousine with no top on. You know, he could have t- worn a top and unzipped it. But this whole thing, the whole thing, the soundtrack, the the live, you know, in the top right hand corner.
2: Well, they've got to at least keep up the, the pretense that it's that it's not pre-recorded, right? Yeah. They can't just say, oh, here's a thing we, we had earlier. Yeah, the crickets, the pulling
1: out to a house, a backwards tractor, knock on the door with the- Bray home. Just everything was so, so poor. John, your thoughts? Well, you?
3: it started off badly because... The announcement was from, the, from uh, the ring announcer said this will end in the ring. Yeah. So you're just waiting for them to leave at some point. So you know nothing like major particularly going to happen while they're in this oh, ridiculous and, Oh, and,
2: and it wasn't a title match. Well,
3: they didn't make that clear either. That was in my note later on. It's like, is it a title match? Isn't it a title match? Oh, here's Jinder Mahal. I, I didn't <laughs> yeah, exactly. I
2: didn't realize it until ho- after Jinder Mahal interviewed. I thought, well, well, that doesn't make sense now because if Randy loses, Jinder's just going to have to face Bray anyway. So what's the point? Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, apparently not so. Um, also, um, isn't it really convenient that, that Bray's new house is just like 40 minutes away from the SAP <laughs> arena in San Jose, California? It's
1: extremely convenient. And uh, let me tell you, having um, uh, spent a year living in, um, in Northern California, and I've been to San Jose a few times, I've been, I, I know where this arena is, and there is nowhere um, within a sort of 40-minute drive from there that is a backwoods sort of decrepit... <laughs> um, true detective y, uh, hideous, well, a house of horrors, if you will. Um, yeah, it, it, it's utter bollocks. And well,
3: it was like, it was, it was,
1: it was, it was shot
3: like a terrible low budget. Actually, to be fair, the cinematography the was cinematography very good. was good. Like, they clearly know how to make mm. films these days and, like, put that to work. But it, just, it wasn't a match, it was just an extended vignette of, you know, of backstage stuff. It reminded me a little bit of, um, sort of a TNA I was going to say it's Final Deletion it's yeah, that's, yeah. that sort of the thing Final
1: Deletion was very much nudge nudge wink wink yeah. and there was a lot you know it was they sort of celebrated the so bad it's good and the, the Broken Matt character you know there, there was a lot of nods to the audience this had high production values multiple cameras had the soundtrack the whole time which I found very annoying. Yeah, the
3: multiple them. cameras was uh, was annoying because if they just had one, then you could believe it was just one cameraman who'd been like given the rubbish job of having to go to this scary house. But
2: yeah, the bit that annoyed me the most was the blue filter they had for all the sort of like exterior <laughs> house. Scene. just like, okay, right, we know you're shooting this at like one p.m. in the day, and you just are you're, you're trying to pretend it's night time. Apparently, um, even if it were live, the sun had only just gone down in in California yep. at that time. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've I've seen online that uh, this house is listed, uh, it's a $36,000 property in Missouri, um, just off Highway 10.
2: And they got there in 40 minutes. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Incredible. It's several hundred miles that, away. That Uber driver really needs a good review, right?
2: Okay.
3: I thought, and, and if you were being generous, you could say it, it reminded me a little bit of... Do you remember those um, segments in sort of 96 when Brian Pillman went round Steve Austin's house with a gun?
1: He, my God, he's got a gun. Yeah, it was all yeah.
3: kind of dramatic. And it was, a, it was sort of, you know, if you, if you were trying to be generous, you could compare it to that. Although uh, Orton <laughs> attacks Bray Wyatt with a rolling pin, <laughs> which didn't happen in those
2: segments. I like to think that, like, Bray, like, but earlier on during the day, Bray's just, like, at home, his, you know, his kitchen's like, Oh, I'm going to make a nice cake, nice homemade <laughs> pizza. Like he's got in one room, he's got dolls on like stick things and hanging from the wall and stuff. In another room, he's got like kitchen utensils. Yeah, I know. Okay.
1: and he's got the, the the scary looking dolls suspended from the ceiling. Uh, uh, and, and we thought
3: he was just the eater of worlds. He's also the eater of cakes, pancakes, yeah. and other baked goods.
1: <laughs> yeah, didn't seem to have very much in the fridge though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Randy being squashed by the fridge, and then Bray walking out. Huffing and puffing and coughing. It was like he'd got
3: asthma. Yeah. Maybe it was a very dusty house. I don't I, know.
1: It looked pretty dusty. It, it certainly hadn't been cleaned in a while. And you've seen me cleaning up, John. Yeah. I, I would not have been happy in that house. It's,
2: well, it's Bray's new house, isn't it? So clearly he just hasn't done all the sort of renovating and stuff yet. Because you don't want to do that before you have a House of Horrors match, right? You don't want Randy to come in and then just, like, trash your whole house after you've, like, just done the carpeting and all that. So It's true, it's true. yeah
1: that's yeah. true and that's probably a lesson for any of our listeners who are looking to get onto the property ladder that um, as you move in have a house of horrors match with someone <laughs> but but yeah so he walked out and then the limo driver just uh, picked him up off we go yeah, then. Did, did, did bray say to the arena please driver yeah he did he yeah. did yeah. okay um and the driver didn't say hang on a minute uh what about the other guy with who, who wasn't wearing a shirt do, do, should we wait for him um or did they send two limos anyway that yeah, doesn't matter
3: how did bray get there in the first place would he have like a a little sort of horse and trap somewhere <laughs> out back he should have got on that also mode. if
2: it was the same driver waiting there he must have been sat outside thinking oh well, this is really weird because like just before like bray's like on the floor you know doing the whole follow the buzzards thing all the lights on the house mysteriously changed from uh blue to red yeah driver's probably just too scared to say anything i suppose he's just waiting for his tip at the end, they're, they're very customer. Service. Maybe the meter was
3: running. He was like, "This is
1: this is costing them a fortune." <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, well, we'll carry on with the the, the match was uh, intercut with the uh, the Rollins and, and Samoa Joe match, but let's uh, we'll, we'll talk about the finish. Um, okay. So, yeah, there, there's like a 20 minutes or so in between uh, them finishing that that bit and then resuming in the ring. So the big reveal is that Randy's actually already there. Uh, which
3: well, it was noticeable that Bray just came empty-handed from his house of horrors, but yet somewhere between going into the building and coming out, he managed to pick up his little lantern thing.
1: Well, there recently. was definitely, you know, we heard the crickets before in the background at the actual house of horrors itself, and there were, in terms of audience reaction, there were a lot of boos. Yeah, they cut back from the original segment, and you could hear boos in the
3: background. And then when Orton is there, Bray sells like surprise for about half a second. Mm. You know, and then just then we just have a little then we just have a little match. It was yeah, it was badly done.
1: Did you notice that that Randy did have a slight cut around his sort of arm and bicep, which no, it I wasn't a tattoo, so they did keep the continuity with the fridge in there. But did the um, did the Singh brothers, also known as, as the Bollywood Blondes, uh, did they <laughs> <laughs> very good? Did, did they help him out of the of the fridge situation? Uh, who, who knows? Did Jinder? Who knows? But anyway, Jinder got involved. Randy loses bray wins his own match with interference everyone should be thoroughly thoroughly ashamed of themselves this was a match that never needed to happen bray his whole character his whole everything is just embarrassing he's so committed to it and i was if i was anyone else any other performer on this roster said what the fuck are you doing you have absolutely ruined this (laughs) pay-per-view you know it's one that there's no such thing as bad publicity and wwe probably think that you know so long as it's not steroids or anything
2: okay i think we have to disagree here because this match was my absolute favorite thing of the pay-per-view and (laughs) exactly because it was so terrible it was just the most it was the most fun so uh yeah, we will have to disagree there, I'm afraid.
1: Well, I, I think that John Ross, we we've got uh, seven or eight years on you in terms of <laughs> of life. This this was a sort of this was a a match. I wouldn't even call it a match. This was a wrestling experience that made me think, <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Yeah, I, I kind need of, to start
3: <laughs> Like I, I sort of enjoyed the the first segment because if you think of the first bit as a segment rather than as a match. It was quite an enjoyable segment. I certainly... I mean, I, I was laughing because, I, I mean, and I'm sure that wasn't really the, the intention, but I did find it kind of entertaining. The actual match itself, I could uh, I could leave because I can't, I just find Orton so dull.
1: Um, and to, to reiterate, uh, as we've said on, on every episode, you really enjoy bad WCW sort of yeah, skitty lo- things. Yeah, I, I love, like,
3: like and- hokey, hokey nonsense. Like, give me all... The more kind of... Not like wall to wall sort of gimmicks everywhere, but I I love like a kind of like Dungeon a gimmicks sort of yeah, yeah, that kind of thing, like silly characters and. But they they've lost how to you know they they've lost how to do it. There's no kind of um, tongue in cheek. It's just a little bit too. Um, they take themselves a bit too seriously about it, really, in a way. Um,
2: so, so as much as I as much as I enjoyed the the experience of of this match or this skit or whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I do agree that the the booking, however, was a bit was a bit weird because, like you said, nobody wins. Okay, so so Bray's won the match, and Bray Bray needs Bray needs wins right now. He has done for a long time, but when you have Jinder Mahal, when you need Jinder Mahal to help you do it, then you he, know. he
3: got a, 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 quite a reaction when he came out there. That he was being very strongly booed, mm. but you don't know if that's kind of because he's an effective heel, he he sort or of go just, away here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, and it was also yeah, it was very confusing because like it wasn't very clear whether it was a title match or not, whether the the winner moves over to SmackDown or or yeah, who knows what
3: happens. I think the Orton thing is done now, um, so Orton can feud with Ginger Mahal. <sighs> Ginger, Ginger Mahal, Ginger Mahal, that's that's the uh, his Irish cousin Ginger Mahal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, we can and break and perhaps do something a little bit better.
1: Okay, uh, on to better things then. Um, Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe. Uh, this was the match that had to follow the uh, House of Horror's horror bit, the uh, the the bit in the house itself. Mm-hmm. Not an easy thing to do. Um, I thought a decent match, though. I was. Pretty, mm, I was I was underwhelmed. I was really looking forward to this one. Well,
3: maybe, John, because you're more of a week to week watcher, mm-hmm. it felt to me on the pay per view that this was really underplayed. It didn't seem like because it felt like pre at the start we were they were kind of flagging up uh, Jericho Owens, the House of Horrors match, and Strowman Roman. Um, but this one was kind of you know sort of fourth almost on the bill, and I thought
2: this should be should have been a bit to of a bigger be honest, deal. I mean, I mean, well, okay, none well, at least very few of the matches on this card had had much of a, a build or anything apart from uh Reigns Strowman. And yeah, it's true. I suppose this is this this match is just kind of a bit of an afterthought to Seth's Triple H, I suppose. I mean in terms of match quality it felt itself, I thought it was a good match but I I found it difficult to enjoy because the crowd went into it. And I don't know if it's because they were burned out or maybe quite disillusioned after the whole House of Horrors, but they were just just dead, really. They
3: don't seem to care about Joe very much, which I found surprising. Um, And maybe that's one of those things where um, previous, you know... um, Work on work with other companies or work with NXT. Perhaps they would struggle to to transfer that into the the main roster because the, he was sort of like they sort of seemed to see him as another Rusev, like just kind of a big, um, you know, big, big lump. Group, really, yeah. yeah. And he, he's better than that, obviously. Um, yeah, they, it was it was a bit of a bit of a bit of a shame, really.
1: There didn't seem to be any stakes in this match either. I mean, what what would have been nice? You know, they, they seem to be doing a lot of number one contender things at the moment. This either of these two going up against Brock, um, I think, is a really exciting match. Uh, but they they didn't build it up like that at all, and they didn't really, like you say, they didn't really do very much in terms of the apart from the video package beforehand. They haven't done a great deal in terms of the the Triple H storyline. You know that um, Samoa Joe was brought in as the uh, the destroyer, the enforcer, the guy to, that re injured Rollins' leg um, for that match against triple h you know he wasn't even there at ringside during that match which was which was a bit weird um and then and now he's was meant to be finishing off triple h's work or or you know doing it for him and he failed in that regard and i don't think samoa joe needs triple h to uh, build his character up and i think that's probably something he could he could really do without
3: yeah which was kind of which is a bit of a, um you know i do wonder for how long we're going to do seth rollins matches will be or his knee hurts. I mean, is that going to be the, cause it was that was really the story of his Mania match with Triple H and it was the story of the Samoa joe match as well. It's like, are we going to do that for six months, a year? Just like Seth Rollins hobbling around and then pulling out a move to win it.
1: And John, you, you watch uh, a lot of live football games as well, particularly lower league matches, where there are a lot of players who come back from Cruciate... Ligament injuries. Does tapping the knee to get a bit of blood flowing into the <laughs> into the knee? You do see, does do that it,
3: help. You do see physios doing that all the time. Does actually, that help? Just accruciate? running on and slapping the side of the knee it does yeah. make a okay. a huge difference. Just yeah, making sure.
2: I oh. did. I did wonder how um, the match finished because on because on Raw. Um, last week we had that that moment in the tag match between um, the Good Brothers and I think it was Seth and Seth and Jericho, where uh, Seth goes for the pedigree. And then decides, oh no 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 no, I'm done with that whole Triple H storyline, and he does a sort of knee strike similar to um, kind of Kenny Omega's finishing moves. And um, I, yeah, I wondered how he was going to do that with a with a busted knee. But what was the finish match? He, he sort of it's like a small package or something, yeah. Didn't he? It was, yeah.
3: it's a roll up really. Yeah. yeah.
2: So yeah, yeah he reversed
1: one of uh, or he was in Samoa Joe's move and then sort of rolled him over and it wasn't his move it was just some canny ring work
3: yeah and I think that's kind of quite a good way of giving Rollins win without really weakening Joe too much it was a cheap it was a cheap victory
1: okay so I think that Rollins is somewhere on the road to fighting Brock Lesnar that's what some of the stuff I've been reading though that wasn't done in in storyline here Brock You may have seen, listeners, we've certainly seen here in the Parts Unknown studio, that he'll be defending his title in June at uh, WWE's newest pay-per-view, Great Balls of Fire. (laughs) I I can't
2: can't wait to see the the set design for that one. (laughs) (laughs) What are they thinking?
1: What are they thinking? Uh, and this was the Bad Blood pay per view that they've sort of rebranded. But Great Balls of Fire is, is something that no one said that for <laughs> <laughs> since uh, the fifties or sixties. It's really Vince it out of touch. Shows, shows you
3: how out of touch they are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, very poor. Anyway, we look forward to Great Balls of Fire in in some way.
3: Just just one last thing on the Samoa Joe Rollins match. Uh, Corey Graves at one point said, um, "Joe will beat you up." Till there's nothing left, and Booker T came back with like an assassin. And I think no, Booker, that's not what assassins do. No, that's it. not like an assassin. At not
1: all. like an assassin much at all. Strowman versus Roman. Now some interesting facts here. Braun Strowman is 33, and uh, Roman Reigns is 31. I'm just going to leave it out there.
2: They're <laughs> much younger than, Interesting
1: than either you and I. Uh, John Ross, they're people you can look up to and think, I've still got a few years still to make that. Still got a
2: couple years to be Braun Strowman. Yeah. Yeah. Better get on those steaks and protein shakes. He's done really, really well for himself. For
1: someone who was brought in as uh, the the White family's muscle, what was it, it was probably about two years ago, and he was incredibly green, you know, and they protected him in that group, um now to be main eventing shows and he's talking he's doing backstage vignettes chucking people on stretches off ramps he's lifting up ambulances he's collapsing rings, rings with big so. show uh he's doing really really well and the crowd absolutely love him uh he's not doing it against jobbers anymore he's doing it against main event people um i think that he is a real success story
2: absolutely and been- and,
1: and and a compelling watch actually
2: he's been yeah absolutely he's been he's been fantastic it's kind of hard to believe actually this is the first time he's main evented a pay-per-view though because it seems like he's been at the forefront um of sort of a creative's minds for for some months now but um yeah he's a real
1: Vince kind of kind of guy isn't he he's you know massive
3: yeah and that that ambulance tipping uh, spot or uh, pre-recorded uh, segment it was absolutely absolutely brilliant. It's fantastic. The problem is is that he's um, too over with the crowd. So when you've got your baby face at the end coughing up blood um, and the heel kind of standing tall, you get the crowd chanting "Thank you, you Strowman," <laughs> <laughs> which it shows you that they've done something wrong. Like that's that's not working properly. Um, I also have a problem with. It. I yeah, just to be clear, I kind of enjoyed I kind of enjoyed the match, so it was fine. I have a problem with the fact that the last time that uh, Strowman was on a main pay-per-view, it was Fastlane, when he lost to Roman Reigns. So all this stuff with, I don't know, anyone on, on earth could beat Strowman at the moment. It's like, no, the last time he fought on pay-per-view, the same guy beat him. That was the problem. I was annoyed at the time when he lost to, to Roman at I
1: remember, at, at, John, I was next lane. to
3: you. And, it just, and it's like, oh, it's basically WWE t- treating their viewers like they're stupid and they'll just forget. That sort of thing that's happened, because they kind, of, they kind of mentioned Fastlane, but they sort of did it in a way that sort of said, "Oh, Strowman hasn't forgiven Reigns for what happened at Fastlane or what he did to him at Fastlane. He beat him, he pinned him, like he lost." And it really kind of reduces the, the sort of um, the sense of monsterishness for me.
1: What did you think of uh, Reigns' selling here? You know, he, came, he comes to the ring with his broken ribs well, I, and
3: his separated shoulder. <laughs> My first note was, I just felt sorry for you because you know, he's got even more
2: covering his chest. It's <laughs> true. Maybe his chest protector made sense, doesn't it, though? It didn't, didn't really help him in the match, but it kind of like, OK, he's wearing a chest protector. Right, OK, I can understand that. It's, you know...
1: I thought he looked logical. good in, you know, if you imagine the, uh, the strapping as, like, a tight white T-shirt underneath a v-neck a tank top <laughs> I thought he
2: looked great he had uh, it on the opposite arm to the one he has the
1: tattoos on as well so yeah, it's, kind it's of a like, nice contrast yeah. <laughs> he was showing far less skin than usual tantalisingly so <laughs> he's not a great seller in match terms if you remember I think it was the Fastlane match he was put through a table by Braun sold it for about 10 seconds then got up and does the spear and Superman punches all that yeah. kind of stuff which we-
3: Fastlane was less than two months ago by the way yeah also at Fastlane I don't know <laughs> uh, Jinder Mahal lost to Cesaro at Fastlane, and is now in the world title picture.
1: Wow! Anything can happen in WWE.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's such a that's such a that's the sort of line that that's, Vince would say,
1: and it usually does. <laughs>
3: My other problem with this match was the finish. And if you've got a finishing move, which Strowman's finishing move is this running power slam, which looks great. David Boy Smith's old finishing move, just do it once and pen him. Why do you have to do it twice? All you do is all you you don't all that does is lessen
2: the impact of the finishing move. For me. Fair enough, but it makes Roman look good, doesn't it? That's, yeah, that's but you still got st- why still they've done lost. It. Yeah, absolutely. Fair. But it's they're trying to keep him. They're trying to to make it look like okay, well, Roman lost, but you know he has got broken ribs and a broken shoulder and, and he's just and, generally broken and a blood and, packet and a, and a blood. No, I think in that was mouth, hard way you know, internal know, bleeding. But, I think and yeah, and it takes two finishes to keep him down. It's you know he he beat the Undertaker, so he's you know. <laughs> The Undertaker yeah. required three F3s to, to lose the streak, so... <laughs> F3s? F3s, F5s. Yeah, they're not F5. quite as good Sorry as f 5 Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> F5s. <laughs> I'm no, getting, my, I'm getting my keyboard keys wrong, but, you know.
3: Yeah, it's, it's with that sort of angle as well, with the finish and the kind of hitting Rome with the stairs. Uh, the crowd reaction should have should have been, like, all hushed and... Oh my god! Oh, this guy's really really hurt, but actually it was kind of euphoric, which is kind of it's when you do cool stuff like tipping tipping ambulances over, then you know people are going to cheer for you, aren't they?
1: Well, I highly recommend that uh you you both watch the start of raw talk. It's only about two three minutes actually uh it can it's like the camera's still rolling on um on Roman out uh, uh backstage being uh, led away by Finlay and whoever else the, quite enjoyed the, thing, the old pro in, yeah. the, in the suit was. Um, he, he More blood. He finds the only white wall in the building. It's a, it's a nice effect and then there's an ambulance spot and some doors. Well worth watching. People at home, if you haven't seen that as well, well worth checking that out. Um, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up there. I think we're going to come back for backlash, providing that WWE don't do anything House of Horrors worthy uh, to make me and john cancel our subscriptions john ross you are just
2: be pre- presenting this uh podcast on my own then. yeah you're
1: you're you're wwe for life you've got the t-shirts <laughs> and everything i'm very much looking forward to the finn balor wwe 24 documentary that they're putting out uh probably i think it's may the 15th something like that uh, that should be that should be good he's a he's a nice chap and he's irish john do you know anyone else who's, who's irish no Okay, I am, yeah. I could I could be in a stable with him and shamus. I'd be the man. What would you what would you call yourselves? I'd call us to be sure. <laughs> or the finisher which i'd apply twice would be called to be sure to be sure <laughs> there you go thank you all of our listeners in ireland who unfortunately didn't get the chance to see me and john uh and uh, some guys from gorilla position the football liking ones do uh, a live show hopefully we'll be able to do that possibly even with john ross um as well later on in the summer maybe around summer slam time anyway this has been parts unknown i've been at Green Ben Green, if you want to do anything on Twitter, you two over there. Who have uh, you been?
2: I, I've been at John Ross, no h underscore swaby S W A B Y. It's a long address, it is, and uh, John underscore Ashdown.
1: Everyone that's been uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Yes.